I think it's part of the process and something that I've learned is that anything that's powerful or impactful to the world is going to threaten the herd, the herd mentality. So hate is inevitable. But if it's something that you really believe can change the world, it's your responsibility to share it. This is Studio Confessions, the art podcast. I am your host, Luis Martin, the art engineer. Listen in for conversations with artists and culture makers as we talk about their creative practice and what moves them. Let me share my wax poetic monologues and how to activate your creativity to live an inspired and more beautiful life. That's right, I said beautiful. Welcome to the studio. I'm glad you're here. Hey, Wesley, how are you? Good, Luis. I'm real good, man. How are you? I'm good. So I just realized that you're from L.A. as I am. Yes, what I part am. of LA? I am. Uh, I'm from Hacienda Heights, which is like the 66 area. So there's a ton of Asian people there. If you haven't been, no. food is amazing, though. Yeah, I'm from yeah. the downtown area, and I don't miss it much. Do you? Not at all, man. I'm <laughs> I'm never moving back to LA. Like I I'm actually questioning going back to the states because I like my life here so much better. So I'm like, yeah, Wait man. A Wait a minute. Back it up. Where are you? I'm in Medellin, Colombia right now. Wow. All right. So, I mean, I connected with you because I found you on a website. I am a content Mm. creator like most people at the moment. Nice. Was it like, was it Pornhub or like OnlyFans (laughs) or like, (laughs) I was playing around. Yes. No, it was, Uh, um, what is it? Artless, right? Artless, I was looking for music and I love jazz and I found this album that was playing this melancholic jazz and I'm like, who is this? And I had found other artists before and I tried looking them up and it isn't always as as easy to find them. But I I heard this song and I'm like, who is this? And I saw and I found you and I was like, what? Nice. Uh, And it was so great to be able to connect with you. So I really wanted to connect with you on that level. I appreciate that, man. But Thank you, yeah. Come to find you're in Colombia. Now, tell us how the heck did you end up in Colombia, Medellin? So, I've always had a dream to live in Latin America. And growing up in L.A., you know, there's a huge Latino population there. So, in Hacienda Heights, where I was raised, it's 50% Latino and 50% Asian. So, I've always been around that culture, you know. And I've always loved the language and going to Mexican parties, bro. You guys know how to turn up, bro. Like, it's just... It's so refreshing from, you know, what I'm used to in Chinese culture. And I don't know, something inside of me, like I've always just had this dream. So I originally thought about maybe, you know, studying music in Argentina or uh, going to Nicaragua or something. But then uh, in January, I had a really big fight with my dad that caused me to say, you know, fuck it. I'm just going to go find. I I moved out of the house and I was looking for the next place to go. So one day I got a. Uh, like a notification on my phone. It was a one-way ticket to Bogota, Colombia for 180 bucks. And then I took it as a sign from God. So I was like, all right, I guess I'm going to Colombia. And uh, ever since I've been here, it was the best decision I've ever made. So. Wow, that's amazing. Has First of all, has your dad gone to visit you yet? No, we don't talk. He's not in my life anymore. Okay. I, I, I hope, I, I wish you light on that. We'll, we'll touch that on that later. Yeah. But uh-huh. wow. Yeah, I don't know if you could have landed in a better place because Colombia is amazing. It's so good, bro. It's so, and it's, I love it because it's underrated, you know, like it's not like everybody goes to Peru, everybody goes to Brazil, you know, but Colombia is so amazing and people are just finding out about it. So it's not super touristy populated yet. It's getting there, but it's not quite there yet. So it's like right at that perfect time. 
Yeah, keep it from getting there. <laughs> keep it to yourself. Yeah. Don't tell anybody. Yeah, I think it's really... Uh, I was there two years ago. We were in Colombia, in Medellin. And nice. I just found it to be so different from what you're uh, conditioned to believe. Colombia That's exactly looks right. like, right? Um, yeah. I was really excited to be there. And I was vegan at the time. There's this great uh. if you haven't visited, it's called uh, Restaurant Justo. And it's just... Justo delicious vegan food nice um, nice vegan. are you not vegan anymore not anymore it was hard you know it was really really hard not not on me but on the people around me uh my husband yeah, in particular definitely. he's a meat eater so i i just it was you know it was, it was causing a rift so yeah. it's it's cool but uh so tell me how did your music journey start um that's a good okay cool question uh so i started playing piano at five and a half you know, like it's it's a requirement for every Asian to play like piano or violin. So, you know, my parents picked piano for me and uh, I just stuck with it. You know, I I always tell people that I'm very lucky because my my parents or my, my mom, uh, she guessed right on my talent. Right. And normally in Asian culture, we do these things just for like a resume builder. But turns out I have a natural talent for music. But then I, I think about that a lot because I don't know if it's I have a natural talent or because I've been exposed to it for so long that I feel like I'm talented, you know, because I started so early. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, I started playing piano and that was my thing. I was trained classically and I took all the music tests, the British schools of music. And then um, I took a break when I was 16, last couple of years of high school, just so I can pursue other things. And then when I was in college, uh, I added a music minor that actually changed my life uh, because I joined a music fraternity and then it, it brought out my, my love for music again. And that's when I started teaching. That's when I started writing. And then that's when I started playing professionally. And um, yeah, I just kind of took off after that. And then I've been writing and producing music ever since. And now, uh, even though I don't have all my equipment, I still produce music. And for my YouTube channel, I produce all the music for my YouTube channel. That's amazing. And I I noticed that you not only create jazz, but you have a very various styles that you write in. Is that right? That is correct. Yeah, I I write so. It depends how, how you're feeling, you know, like you, you're a creator too, so you know exactly what it's like. Um, I create a lot of hip hop, some EDM stuff. Uh, lately, I've been just making a lot of instrumental background stuff for because my YouTube channel is my focus right now. Um, and then for my personal stuff, there's like some indie rock influence. There's some R&B influence or some pop influence, and that's what I create for my stuff. Um, but I have an album that I release, or I'm about to re-release like a remastered version, which is pretty much like a hip hop R&B album with some EDM in there too. So yeah, it's whatever I'm feeling, bro. Whatever God gives me, you know? Has Colombia influenced your music in any way yet? Uh, no. Okay. So not quite because here in Colombia, I mean, I, I'm sure you can attest to this too. Like I'm not, I wasn't a huge fan of reggaeton before coming and now I'm a little more of a fan of it. But all the all of reggaeton sounds the same because the drum pattern is the same, and that kind of bugs me, you know. Um, but slowly but surely, I'm liking it. I'm actually releasing a video on my YouTube channel today. I did a cover of uh, La Canción by um, J Balvin and Bad Bunny because that song I actually really like. Uh, but as far as my creating goes, I haven't. It hasn't influenced me yet, but I definitely want to dabble into it. Especially when I have my full equipment so I can write some more jazz, I'm definitely going to have a lot of salsa influence in there, you know? Yeah, there's a lot of Latin yeah. jazz that, that I'm sure you can tap into. It would be amazing. Absolutely. It would be amazing. Yeah. What are some of your uh, favorite things right now 
of being in, in a foreign land. I mean, when I was a kid, I always dreamt about moving to Paris. It was either Paris or New York, right? Ah, nice. It was just easier to go to, to New York than it was to Paris, um, which is oh. fine, but I'm still kind of bummed about it. But right. Do you, think you, you think in the future you would go to Paris? I, I kind of want to be an old man smoking cigarettes in post-apocalyptic Paris. Yes, yeah. I, I still see it in my future, but I, you know what it is? My brother studied Italian, uh, uh, so he has a degree and he lived there. And through him, I learned some Italian and learned about the culture and went to Italy. Dude, the Italians are so sweet. They're so yeah. nice. They're lovely yeah. people. Meanwhile, all of my life, I've learned French. And they're snooty as hell, do not want you to speak their language, are not yeah. interested in accommodating you. So yes. I was like, oh my God, I've been wasting all of my time on these people. Right. Come to I, find out that Italians are super sweet and want you to speak their language. Yeah, it's funny you say that. Like I, when I went to Italy, um, okay, so I would say the closest thing to Latin America is probably Spain, obviously. But Italy, Italy was a close second. Like I really loved my time there. And I agree with you with, with France. Like they're very snooty, you know. Um, I think they, they consider themselves more elegant, so they value different things. But I think the cool thing about France is how they value art so much, you know. Yeah. Art is such a big part of their culture that if you're an artist and you want inspiration, you know, Paris is, is cool. I can see I can see that. But when I went to Paris, I didn't care for it, to be honest. I thought it was, like, gross and kind of boring. But <laughs> Italy, Italy was dope. Well, you know what it was with France? And as an expat, you might appreciate this i mean people who went to paris during the wars they became french right they assimilated to the culture and they were welcomed for the most part right and that, yeah. that being a mexican kid growing up and feeling like an other you know i'm like oh i want to go somewhere where i'm appreciated and, and kind of embraced so that always stuck in my mind has that been your experience in colombia um well it's funny that you say that because i don't share that opinion for me it's always like i think um, I don't, people are going to, I feel like people are going to accept me no matter where I go based on my personality. I think that's what matters. You know, I think a lot of people focus too much on race. And for me being here in Colombia, I get stared at all the time. Like, and, but I don't think it's people trying to be mean. They're just very curious about Asian culture. Like I have a lot of Colombian friends and they're just like, Oh, you're Chinese. Can you tell me about that? They're so like fascinated by, it, you know? And, uh, my goal was always to assimilate, assimilate. So um, I being here has been really great. Well, I think Colombian people, just Latin people in general, are just so warm that it was easy for me to fit in, and um, I've had such a good time here. And plus, because I speak the language and I wanted to learn the language, like my experience has been nothing but great. You know? Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Have you found? I find that in most uh, Latino major cities, there's always a barrio chino. Is that correct? Yeah. So there's yes, always been a relationship with, with, with uh, you know, the Chinese culture and the Latino culture to some extent. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that is, it's good you say that. So in Chile, I know there's a big Korean population. In Brazil, there's the second biggest Japanese population in the world. And there's a big Chinese population in Venezuela. But in Colombia, there's not an Asian population. No way. Yeah. Huh. So it's the one country. Oh, Peru has a lot of Chinese people too, actually. And a lot of the people are mixed. But Colombia, for some reason, there are not a lot of Asian people here. Wow, that's, so. that's amazing. So you're really representing, you're really educating exactly. as you go. Which is, exactly, which is my goal for my YouTube channel, right? Like I want to talk about the culture here in Colombia to my Asian brothers. And then eventually, if I get 
bless her. I, w- I want to find a girlfriend here, which I'm pretty sure is going to happen. And then take her to Asia and then educate um, or talk about the Asian culture in Spanish with my girlfriend and do that thing. So that's like my future plan for my channel. I love it. It's like an anthropological experiment on YouTube in real time. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Amazing. So did you learn Spanish in California or did you learn it in Colombia? Uh, so I, I, I did a little self-teaching of Spanish. My last girlfriend, she was half Mexican and she spoke a bit. So I kind of learned a little from her. But I just listened to podcasts. I did some self-study. Um, but to say that I knew Spanish before coming, I don't think that's true. Because when I came, I took a placement test with a Spanish school. <laughs> and they put me in week two. So I'm like, all right, <laughs> okay. I'm, I, my Spanish was not good. Uh, but just over my time here, because I've been very dedicated to it and because I love the language so much, I've slowly just started learning and learning and learning. That's fantastic. What's been the biggest shock of being an expat? This is the first time where I really feel like an other in that sense. You know, a lot of people talk about that in the States, you know, and, um, you know, when black people talk about racism, obviously there's a lot of history there and they're kind of in their own league. And for me as an Asian person, I didn't grow up in a white neighborhood. I grew up in a Latino and an Asian neighborhood. So I never felt ostracized, you know? Mm. And when I went to college, uh, I was one of the, there wasn't a lot of Asian people there, but it was still so culturally diverse that I didn't feel super ostracized. But then here, it's like, I'm, I stand out so much. Like everybody on my block knows me. When they see me, like you can't, you can't miss this, you know? So it's the first time that I felt really like, oh, wow, I'm so different than the people who live here, you know? And um, Is that something but, you embrace? I do, yeah. That's, I'm, I'm glad you say that. It's One of my things is like, I rather than blending in, why not just stand out, you know? I know what I look like. I'm not going to be wearing like fancy, expensive shit, but I know what I look like. I'm going to dress the way I want to dress because at the end of the day, I'm Asian and I'm proud, you know? And... Um, for, and I think that's that's how people should be because I'm here. I'm not here to fight. I'm not here to do anything. I'm here to assimilate into the culture and educate, and then through my YouTube channel show you know how great it is here. So eventually more people can come, and then we have a lot more cross culture blending and stuff. So yeah, I think you should embrace your uniqueness. I love that. I love your your mentality with that. So I moved into. Um a very exclusively white building, typical New York building where it's like, you know, 40 mm. floors and in a very white neighborhood. And I'm probably one of the only Latinos. I'm, I'm definitely, me and my husband are the only brown Latinos. So the other Latinos are white. Uh, and, nice. um, well, and, uh, is your husband Latino too? He is. He's from the Dominican Republic. Nice, so bro. His... No, wait. Ah, wait, say, sorry, say that again. You cut out. We're both brown, but we speak very different Spanishes. <laughs> yeah, bro. Dominican Spanish is... Very Ooh. different. Another league. Another league. It, it's beautiful. Yeah. But it's very different. But yeah. so when when we got here, you know, it was it took a minute to adjust because when you go into the elevator, nobody says hi. Unless you have a dog, right? And it was like, wait, no, I can't take it personal. I mean, they, they don't even see anybody, right? It's not It's yeah. not this like attack on me or like we're purposely ignoring you. It's just yeah. like, no, they're just going about their lives and, and I just don't even register. And that's right. fine, you know? Yeah, right. I'm glad you say that because I think a lot of people, if you go in with the frame of people are racist, you're going to take a lot of things as racist 
when they're not, it's not quite like that, you know? And yeah. I think the world just feeds to you what you put out. So um, it's funny, I, I posted a video about Asian racism and a lot of my Asian friends from the States, they kind of had disagreeing opinions with me. They thought I was being insensitive. But what I said resonated a lot with international people, right? And a lot of them said the same thing you're saying is like, them ignoring me, I don't think they're being racist. Like you said, they just like, that's just what they know. That's just how the culture is, especially in New York. There's so many people, like it's, I think it's common. The more people there are in a city, the less friendly they tend to be. Yeah, well, I mean, also I think it's just really interesting what happens when you leave the United States. Like your view just goes, right? Because we're, we're trained to, to operate in this system that is racist, right? Like it, it is very much about race. It's very much about you lived in a predominantly Latino and Asian community. That was designed that way. You know what I mean? Like, like let's put them over here. So unless you go out of your way to mix with other races, it's not going to happen. So mm -hmm. that's an that's an American thing, right? So like, yeah, I, that's true, huh? Totally. No, I always think about going to London. When I went to London and met African or met black people, they did not have the same hangups that black people here have. Or when I went yeah. to Thailand, they do not have the same hangups that Asian people have here because Thai people were never colonized. They're, they're super proud and they stand up, they don't bow to anybody other than through humility, which was like mind blowing, you know, wow, yeah. uh -huh. like, like Mexicans in, in, in the US and in Mexico, they bow wanting your tips, you know, it, it's not like, yeah. it's not like I see your soul. Um, so I think that's, that's really interesting that needs to be said. Um, but I love that you can experience that completely different in Colombia because it's such a different context, right? Yes. Right. Well, I think the thing with America is because there's no set social. Okay. So I think it's great that America is so diverse, but it's also its biggest problem because there's no American culture, so to say. So it's just constant battle. It's just constant culture battle of everybody trying to put in their culture. And I think that's why, you know, people are segregated into their communities because instead of assimilating into the culture, they kind of want to start their own culture in America. Right. Whereas for all, like, especially European countries, Latin countries and Asian countries, they have such a rich history. If you go in trying to set up your own culture, they're going to tell you to fuck off, right? Like I, yeah. and which is why coming to Colombia, I'm like, uh, I, t I tell my uh, tourist friends or people wanting to come here, don't expect trying to like have Western ideas and values and bring them here. You have to like follow the rules of the land, you know? And if you assimilate and you respect the culture and the people, they're going to embrace you with open arms. That's, yeah, absolutely. It's fantastic. I, I agree with that. And I mean, I, I think the only issue with that is that I think the U.S. kind of promises this American dream, you know, it doesn't fully deliver. But let me ask you, being in Colombia, being so far away, how, what are you seeing from back home? Like, what, what, what is your perception of what's going on with us right now? Uh, that's funny you say that. To be honest, I just ignore it. Um, for me, I don't I don't pay attention to the news because all the news does is make you fearful and like it just it's just junk, you know. They're just feeding you shit into your head and it just it just messes with your mind. And for me, I'm so focused on my music and my videos and uh, learning Spanish. I just don't have time to worry about that stuff. And for me, it doesn't affect. Well, when I yeah, it doesn't affect me. You know, I'm living here now and now I'm more concerned with. 
my community, you know, um, the, the quarantine wrecked a lot of people. There's a lot of homeless people on the street. So I'm, I'm, I'm more concerned of trying to like, all right, I'm maybe buy some food and give to people on the street or, you know, that kind of thing. So I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you asked that because I talked to my sister and she's back in the States, but I'm so far removed from the U S and LA purposely that it's hard for me to have a, an opinion on anything that's going on there. That's really interesting. So, you know, when I moved to New York when I was 19 and I was like, fuck it, I'm, I'm moving. I'm just going to be here and I'm going to build myself. And I did that and, and it felt really good. And I didn't have those ties to my family in L.A. I mean, we stayed in contact, obviously, but I didn't feel like I, I needed to be responsible to anybody or or or, you know, keep notes for anybody it was just about me i'm taking care of myself i'm gonna do what i have to do and i think that really helped in the sense that i didn't have baggage yeah like you know what i'm just starting from scratch and i'm I'm, and it made me happy and i'm happy right um but now 20 years later i'm still super happy but there's also this little bit of survivor's guilt you know because because i've made it you know i've made I have a happy mm. home. I'm super happy with my husband, happier than I was shown to be in my family growing up. So right. part of me wishes, oh, I wish my sisters and brothers and, and father and mother had this happiness, but they didn't want to come on this journey. That's exactly so, right. Yeah. No, I'm, oh my God, bro. I'm so happy you say that because I think about that all the time, you know, and I think you deserve to be happy because like you said, how old are you now? You're 30 something you're 40 okay so you came to new york 20 years ago and you built this life and nobody sees the struggle bro they only see the final product and for me i i've worked so hard on all my things that like now that i'm slowly getting benefits i'm like i'm more proud of it now you know and i totally get you with the whole survivor thing but other people's happiness and feelings is not my responsibility you know are you an artist or want to be but can use a guide, a cheerleader, and a coach. I'm excited to announce that I'm now officially coaching artists. Let's work together on a project-based, result-driven outline to get you into a state of prolific flow. Because artists like us don't seek validation. We create our own opportunities to shine. Go to prolificflow.com and drop me a line. Now is our time. Let's work together. Now, tell me a little bit about what your goals are with your music so you say you have a, a youtube channel what are you doing with that what, what's the mission of that uh so my youtube channel i actually is actually my main focus now because i think that's what's going to get me to that's going to propel my music and my clothing company and everything right um so my youtube channel focus is my experience being asian in colombia uh, my journey of learning spanish in a year i want to be fluent in a year and um, the third one is just like my perspective or just kind of ideas that I have on on life or life lessons that I've learned, you know. And I usually talk about that through stories that have happened to me. Um, so, yeah, those are my three main focuses. And I'm I'm actually working on a couple of music projects, musical projects right now that I'm going to sprinkle into there as well, uh, because when people search my artist name, Wesley Thomas, it's just my music stuff. But I want them to see like my actual channel, too. Um, but my main goal for my channel was actually to inspire Asian men because I think Asian men have a huge lack of, um, of male Asian male role models, you know, and 
our fathers did the best that they could with what they were taught. But I think that the a lot of Asians struggle with masculinity because they don't understand what it is. And that's why they have a lot of troubles in the States, especially with dating, you know. And as someone who didn't have a good relationship with my father, I had to pave my own way and I learned a lot of things. But because of that, I have a lot of things to share, especially with dating, because for me, I don't think my race has any has stopped me from dating the women that I want. But then a lot of guys think that way. So by me showing my life and sharing my experiences, hopefully I can inspire Asian men to to I can I can be that role model for Asian men, but I can also inspire them to get out of their own way and get out of their own head and really go for the people and so you know the life that they want to live. That's amazing. What has been the response? Very good. Um, it's there's a okay, so I'm still dealing with the haters, you know, because now that I'm starting to climb, you're just gonna get more haters, you know. But I think it's been overwhelmingly positive, like 90% positive. But when you get the hate comment, like you know, like it still stings, you know. It's and or like someone makes a comment, someone made a comment saying I was ugly, and it didn't really like bug me. But the way they said it was like a little mean. Like if someone were to make a comment calling you like the fag word or like making a comment about your sexuality, it's like why is that necessary, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think it's part of the process, and something that I've learned is that anything worth or anything that's powerful or impactful to the world is going to threaten the herd, the herd mentality. So hate is inevitable, you know? But if it's something that you really believe can change the world, it's your responsibility to share it, you know? Yeah. I hear um, a lot of conviction and I hear a lot of passion in, in your voice and your demeanor. Where did that come from? From a young age, I learned that passion and energy is contagious. And uh, if you want people to listen to your message, it's like 30% message, 70% delivery, you know? And if you know nobody's going to believe in you or your message if you don't believe in it yourself. So that's actually a comment that's come up on my YouTube videos. They're like, oh my God, bro, your passion and your love for the city of Medellin is contagious. It makes me want to move there, you know? And from an early age, yeah, I, I just learned that, especially, okay, okay, so here it is. Um, for my music, nobody was supportive of my music until recently when I've been getting success, you know? I had to believe in myself so much when nobody did, and that was really hard. Um, but when I'm so, if, if my music is making me feel so excited, then it's got to make other people feel super excited too, you know? Um, yeah, I hope that answered your question. Yeah, totally. Did yeah. somebody... Um... Did you see that reflection of energy in somebody else growing up or, or you, know, you know what I mean? Did, as yeah. you're contagion people with like this energy, did someone shine that on you and you're like, yeah, I'm taking that with me? I don't know. I take a lot of inspiration from just performers and entertainers being one myself, you know, and um, I'm just a student of life, you know, and I'm always looking for ways to improve my art and the things that I do. Um, and that's just one of the things I learned along the way, but I can't point to one specific time or person that, that taught me that, you know, nice. that's a hard one. That's a hard one. Well, I also, I love that you said that, you know, you're working on your art, but you realize that what would kind of get you to your goal was working on your YouTube channel, right? You kind of yes. pivoted, you made a very, uh, smart estimated, uh, pivot. And I think a lot of artists have a really hard time 
making those decisions, right? Because we're yes. like, oh no, I'm doing it for the art. I'm doing it for the passion. Just the passion. How did you kind of arrive at that to make those choices? Um, because I've seen. Well, I originally started my YouTube channel as a hobby, you know. But then the more I got into it, and the more I realized my videos actually inspire and touch people, I've noticed. A, well, okay, so the scalability of YouTube is a lot bigger than music, mm. right? So I was I've been doing music for a year. I have like over fifty thousand streams on SoundCloud, and my Spotify is finally getting there. But that's people don't know who I am. They don't know a face. You know, people are more attached to an art or a channel when they know who they're talking to, which is why um, I started doing the YouTube thing. Well, I was okay. So when I was in LA, I started a, a clothing company too that I really believed in. And starting it from the ground, starting starting clothing from the ground up is so hard. But I'm realizing like, what's the most important thing is my brand. Like if people can know me as a person, they see my face and they can attach my face to my art, then I can use one platform to bring up all the other ones. And I experimented in a bunch of different ones, but YouTube is the easiest way to get there, especially when I know my shit is good. You know, my content is good, my music is good. So all I need is that timer, that one video to blow up, and then it'll bring everything else up, you know? I love that. That's so good yeah. that you have that. Now, I know, I know that, I know that you read, I know that you get, you know, educate yourself. What has moved you recently that you've been reading that has kind of been keeping you going with some fresh ideas? Um, have you, so my, my favorite book of all time is how to win friends and influence people. It's, it's a classic, bro. Like it's, it's the Bible. It's a cheat code to life. And a lot of people don't like, okay. So that I apply that to my art because in that book, they talk about, you have to say a message, not how you want to say it, but how people want to hear it. Right. And I applied it to my art. You, you can't make art that you well You should make art that you want to make, but you have to make it in a way that people can enjoy. That's the only way to get your art out there, right? Um, so that's one of my biggest ones. I love The Alchemist. Have you read The Alchemist? Of course, yeah. Classic, bro. Every time I read it, I get something new. It's so good. And uh, my favorite book lately, Tyson, yeah. <laughs> and my favorite book lately is uh, It's All in Your Head by Russ. Do you know him, Russ? Do you know him as an artist? No, what is it about? Um, so Russ, he's this rapper, senior guy, who he produces, writes, mixes, masters all of his own music. He's a, he, he does everything himself, you know? And I love him so much because his, he, his message is all about believing in yourself. He's kind of, he's, I like him for the same reason I like Kanye. And this book is only like an hour and 20 minutes, but it talks about believing in yourself, how to deal with haters, or how to stay focused on the goal when it doesn't seem like things are going your way, you know? And um, because he was somebody who started at the bottom. Tyson! You might have to carry your dog. No. <laughs> He's trying to get your attention. He's like, I want no. pick too. He's talking to his friends outside, but we live so high that he has to like scream, you know? Um, I don't know. I, I like Russ so much because he's just undeniably himself. And he's so confident in his abilities that it, sometimes it comes off as arrogance, but has led him to all the success that he's had. And that's something that I really resonate with because for me, I think too many people focus on complaining what's wrong with the world rather than working on themselves to be an example for others in the world. 
right? You don't change the world with your opinion, you change it with your example, you know? And I think if a lot more people focused on trying to be the change that they see in the world, then we would have a lot of issues that people keep talking about would take, or there'd be, it'd be, we, we, we would start fixing it a lot better, a lot faster, you know? Um, but yeah, that's, that's the biggest one that's been in my life lately. I read that a lot. So let me, let me backtrack a little bit and go into some like icky conversation. You mentioned, you mentioned Kanye. Yes. So when we look back at artists, right? Like Picasso, like all these other great artists, they tend to be dicks, <laughs> right? They tend to be like real jerks. And how do you separate the art from the artist, right? The, the beauty from the jerk, right? Well, I actually have a different opinion on Kanye than I think you. I'm, I actually think he's a good, I think he's a good person. And I know he has some things that are controversial or things that get out of context. But for the most part, I really, I see what he's trying to say. I see how his delivery is really shitty. And I can see how sometimes he gets lost in his own success, you know, or, you know, and I, but I think he's a very interesting case study because I, I listened to this Joe Rogan podcast where he talked about Kanye and it's like, Kanye is one of the biggest creative geniuses of our time. His album, 808s and Heartbreak has pretty much set the foundation for all of modern R&B. Uh, his fashion line Yeezy and his shoes, bro, that's one of the biggest ever, you know? So this guy is like a king of fashion and music, which are two really difficult industries to break into, okay? And Joe Rogan said that when you're tapped into that creative wavelength so much, there's no way you can't catch other crazy shit that, if, if that makes sense. And I think that's what's led to him um, doing his little episodes, you know? I, 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 get, I totally get what you say with, with being an antenna and catching different things. But yeah. at the same time, I mean, I think also there's this myth that as artists, we are like either we're a genius or not. And if you're a genius, it's all you, right? And that's bullshit, right? So yes. my, my favorite, um, and this is really weird, my favorite album of all time, and I listen to it nonstop, is this album called 1990, and it's by Enigma. Right? Enigma. Enigma. Okay. So check it out. It's very weird. It's very like new agey. But I, I heard it when it came out and I was 10 and it like just changed my life. I was like, wow. And I'm a collage artist. And that's essentially what this album is. It's it, he kind of uh. he sampled all of these like Gregorian chants with like these uh, weird beats from the 90s. So he came out with an album a few years later and a few years after that. And it was horrible. And I was like, why is it so bad? Like every year, and it was cool, like, it wasn't that bad. I could get into it, but it wasn't 1990. So then very recently, you know, 20 years, 30 years later, I, you know, I'm looking it up and I'm like, oh, he collaborated with somebody. And this collaboration of these two people made this amazing product. And uh. the guy left, it was still Enigma-ish, but it wasn't this collaboration, right? And uh. All of these artists like Kanye, there's no way he, you know, I mean, there's no way it's just him making the decisions to design a shoe. He definitely has a team of people coming, right? Through, you know, and all and all this breeds success, and that's fantastic. But but like you like you heard from Seth uh, Rogan, um, you know, saying that he gets tripped up on his, on his own success, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And then we, we fall into that question, like, well, is the money getting in the way? What, you know what I mean? How do you stay a decent person? I guess my question right. is, how, are you, how okay. do you stay a decent person? Okay, here, so we're going to get super philo- philosophical here. Let's go. Because I think one of the, the best things about being an artist is that you're making magic. You're creating something from nothing. Check. And when you create something that resonates with so many people, you feel like a god. Do you ever <laughs> feel that way? Because you're create, you're a creator. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like there was nothing there before. You created something and that people really love. So I can see how people. Because for me, like when my videos or my music, people love it, bro. I feel like on top of the world, you know. And but I still keep myself grounded to know that you have to remember where you came from. Um, but when it's just been success after success after success, I can see how someone could get caught up in that. Yeah, totally. I mean, my point of view, like after being like. 40 and, and being an artist all my life like I, my most successful moments is when i think of what i do and myself as an instrument right like i'm not here to do yeah. anything for myself like i am here like literally i'm a wind instrument you know it's coming through me and i'm just like i'm gonna deliver so it, it i can see how if you don't think that you're an instrument and if you think it's all you then yeah it's super probably that's so fair hey that's fair no you're so right you're right yeah but um so tell me What's next for you? You say you're going to drop this new album. You're going to um, get a Colombian girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, the dream, bro. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Do you plan on go- on going to other Latin American countries? Yeah. What's, what's so I, I've been to Peru before, Ecuador, Dominican Republic, Mexico. And I think that's it. Yeah, that's it. Um, and I do want to go to other countries eventually, but... As, at this point in my life, I, I want a little stability, you know, okay. because for literally the la- every year for the last four or five years, I've had some issues with my family or some previous friends that I thought were friends that turned out to be very toxic. You know, so I've, just, I've been moving around so much. Um, so I want to stay in Colombia for a little bit, set up a life, maybe get a dog. <laughs> and then in the future, Who's um, that? it's my roommates. It's my roommates. <laughs> yeah. I love them, though. There's two and they're both great. But um I'm, I'm looking to st- settle down a little bit here, you know, and then to be honest, I don't know, bro. Like I didn't know I was going to be here in Colombia with a YouTube channel that's growing a year ago. You know, a year ago, I thought my dream was music and songwriting. And if I still want to, I have this big dream show that I want to produce in the future, but you know, God is you just got to trust in the universe and God, man. Like, like you think you know, and then life throws you a bunch of curveballs, and next thing you know, you're booking a one-way ticket to Colombia. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, congratulations. I, I'm so proud of what you're doing, and I'm, I really look forward to seeing you do a lot more. Thank you, man. No, I, I really appreciate that, bro. Want to share your thoughts on the conversation? Reach out on Instagram at StuConPodcast or visit the website studioconfessions.com. Follow me and check out my work at Art Engineer. Please leave a review on whichever platform you're listening on. It goes a long way. Thanks for listening. If you heard anything that moved you, please share it. You are the spark that can ignite a thousand flames. I am Luis Martin, the Art Engineer, sharing with you what moves me.